Greetings to you via churches. Greetings to those joining us from elsewhere. You're all very welcome. This is Colin, and we have our podcast for the fourth Sunday of Lent, and it's also Mothering Sunday. Um, intimations are on the, the website, but I draw your attention to the following. The Lent Study Group will meet on Thursday, and we'll meet at Arthur and Kathleen's house in the Yet. That's at 10.30, and we'll be looking at, at, at the, the fourth um, study in our book. On Saturday, that's the 25th March, the Morbato and Hurum Guild are having a coffee morning. It will be at the Institute at Morbato at 10.30, and all the usual stalls will be there. And on Sunday, Kelso Old are celebrating their 250th anniversary, and there'll be a Thanksgiving service at three o'clock in the afternoon. All very welcome to attend that. It will be led by the moderator of the General Assembly of Church of Scotland. And finally, there's a, a lot of COVID going around just now. And we still have the COVID testing kits. And the expiry date is November 23. So we still have plenty of time to use them. So if you need a testing kit, do just say. Our call to worship. When Israel was a child, I loved him. And out of Egypt, I called my son. I taught Ephraim to walk. I took them in my arms. I led them with cards of kindness and bands of love. I was like those who lift infants to their cheeks. I bent down and fed them. We have the hymn 172, Sing for God's glory, the colours the dawn of creation. And I actually couldn't find one with the words that sounded good, so we're just going to hear the, the organ play it. So sing along. And let us pray. Gracious God, as a mother loves her child, so you love us. You've watched over us from our birth, tenderly nurturing us, showering us with your love. You've given us strength in time of need, 
comfort in times of distress and guidance in times of uncertainty. Whatever we have faced, you have been with us. And for that great truth, we praise and we thank you. God of love and mercy, we confess that we have not always appreciated your love. We've ignored what you would teach us and disobeyed your instructions. We've taken you for granted and wandered far from your side. Forgive us, we pray. And yet through all this, you are constant. You care for us and are ready to sacrifice your all for our sakes and love us with an unquenchable love. Your hands are always open to welcome us back. We thank you that you are a God of forgiveness. We come as your forgiven children. Mother in God, embrace us with your fierce love. Enfold us in your protective care and calm all our anxious worrying and still us body, mind and spirit to rest in you. Our prayers are in Jesus' name, who taught us when we pray to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. We turn to the word of God and read from the prophet Amos, Amos chapter 5, and we read from verse 14. Seek good and not evil, that you may live. And then the Lord God Almighty will be with you, just as you say he is. Hate evil, love good, maintain justice in the courts. Perhaps the Lord God Almighty will have mercy on the remnant of Joseph. And then verse 21. I hate, I despise your religious feasts. I cannot stand your assemblies. Even though you bring me burnt offerings and grain offerings, I will not accept them. Though you bring choice fellowship offerings, I have no regard for them. Away with the noise of your songs. I will not listen to the music of your harps. But let justice roll on like a river and righteousness like a never-failing stream. Amen. And then from the Gospel of Luke and Luke chapter 4, and from verse 14. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread throughout the whole countryside. He taught in the synagogues, and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day he went to the synagogue, as was his custom. And he stood up to read. The scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him, and rolling it, he found the place where it's written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom to the prisoners, 
and recovery of sight to the blind, to release the oppressed and proclaim the year of God's favour. And then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began by saying to them, Today the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Amen. And God bless these words. All praise be to God's name. We're going to sing again. It's a hymn 253, inspired by love and anger. And we have our weekly prayer. Let us pray. Father God, today especially we thank you for all that our mothers gave us for the moment we were born into this amazing life. The news constantly reminds us of the brokenness of our world and for many families, life is more dangerous than ever before. We pray for healing among the nations, for food where there is hunger, for freedom where there is oppression for joy where there is pain, and that your love may bring peace to all your children. Amen. Last weekend, the BBC found itself in crisis, all because the presenter, Gary Lineker, reacted against government policy about immigration in a tweet. He said what he thought. But as a presenter... Should he have remained impartial? Arguments were made for and against. But he seems to have won the day. Over the last few weeks, the three candidates to be leader of the Scottish National Party have been debating issues. And while they may all be for independence, 
they seem to differ greatly on a lot of other issues. And as one of them might be first minister, that affects us all. Politics, politics. We all have our own opinions. We all have our own views, some of which we hold very strongly. And even as Christians, and even as a church, we can hold very differing views. Before devolution in 1999, the General Assembly was always seen to be the nearest we could get to a Scottish Parliament. And one of the most eagerly awaited days was when the Church and Nation Committee presented their report. I remember when I was a student at New College, we would sneak into the assembly hall. There was a, some rows kept for students. We had to get in there early to grab our seats for Church and Nation Day. As the assembly would debate issues like nuclear disarmament or medical ethics, debt cancellation, or when the, the Guild presented a, a report in the Motherhood of God, which maybe deserves a mention on Mothering Sunday. There were always passionate speeches and some very, very close votes because the church was often divided on these issues. And some motions were defeated, only to be resurrected and accepted several years later. It's amazing how our opinions have changed over the years. Even today, the church debates important issues because they impact on everyday life. The church can't separate itself from politics. Over the last few weeks, we've been looking at marks of mission. And today we get to the fourth mark. And that calls in the church to transform unjust structures of society, to challenge violence of every kind, and to pursue peace and reconciliation. It ties in with what we talked about last week when we look to the third mark, loving service, when we reach out to the sick and disadvantaged. The fourth mark is really asking the question, why? Why people are going hungry or suffering? The third mark was, you help give to food banks. But the fourth mark is saying, why do people need to go to food banks? What are we doing wrong? But this asking the question why has been what the church has been doing down the centuries. You've got the likes of William Wilberforce. He looked at the slave trade and said, this is evil. David Livingstone, as a missionary, went from Scotland and he saw the slave trade in, in, in action in, in Africa. And he called on the, the, the government to do something about it. Elizabeth Fry saw prison reform. Mary Slessor, another missionary in Calabar, she saw that the practice when twins were born to kill both the twins because they were seen as evil. She sought to try to readjust the way people thought about that and adopted some twins herself. In Nazi Germany, while some Christians colluded with the regime 
Others, like Dietrich Bonhoeffer, spoke out against the evil they saw to the point of being executed themselves. The church could not divorce itself from what was happening around them. Archbishop Desmond Tutu was, of course, at the forefront of the anti-apartheid struggle in South Africa. And he talked about when the Europeans came to Africa, they had the Bible and the Africans had the land. He said, let us pray. And when the Africans opened their eyes at the Amen, suddenly the Africans had the Bible and the Europeans had the land. But the Bible is explosive. And Tutu said that it was dangerous to give someone the Bible because the Bible was filled with stories of fighting oppression. It's about a God who wasn't neutral, but biased towards the poor and downtrodden and despised. In the Hebrew scriptures, we see the Hebrews being enslaved by Pharaoh in Egypt and God hearing their cries and calling Moses to confront Pharaoh and lead the people to freedom. God was on their side. And the laws given to the Israelites reflected that, about not coveting what didn't belong to you, about looking after the widow and the orphan and the stranger in their midst, about people treating people fairly and with respect. When the Israelites settled, God kept them to account through the prophets, people like Amos. Amos lived at a time of relative prosperity in Israel. And people with means could live very comfortably and enjoy the luxuries of life. But the problem was not everyone had the means. The prophet was forthright in his condemnation of those who lived a good life, but who were complacent, who completely ignored those who lived in poverty. They just were so indifferent. But Paul Amos looked around and saw corruption, saw cheating with measures. And he called the people to account, saying, Let justice roll down like a river, and righteousness like a never-failing stream. The prophets kept Israel in check. And in the Gospels, we read how Jesus gave his manifesto right at the start of his ministry, quoting from Isaiah. And saying he would announce good news to the poor, to proclaim freedom to the prisoner, recovery of sight to the blind, and declare the year of jubilee when wrongs would be righted. And that was radical stuff. And throughout his ministry, he would confront the powers that be of the day, religious and political, with an alternative way. And that way was the kingdom of God. As a church, we're called to radical living and to shape a just and fairer society where all could be valued and respected for who they are. Is it pie in the sky? The saints down the age didn't think so. And they made a difference where they could. Augustine, one of the theologians of the early church, said that hope has two daughters, anger at the way things are, and courage to put them right. We are a people of hope, 
who live to advance Christ's kingdom on earth. We should be angry when we see wrong and seek to have the courage to do something about it. For we bear Christ's name and so can't ignore Christ's ways. So let us shape our society with kingdom values, confront evil with good, and work that peace and justice might prevail. In the name of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. The hymn 473, Thy Kingdom Come on Bended Knee. And thanks to Heather and Gordon for that. Let us pray. Merciful God, the gifts that we bring are small in comparison to the variety of needs in the world. And yet we bring what we can. As you once multiplied the five loaves and the, the two fish, so multiply these gifts that we bring, we pray, that, can we, that they can reach the world with love and with justice. On this Mothering Sunday, we celebrate and give thanks for the achievements of mothers and remember the women who played parts in our lives. For those who have nurtured us and taught us, inspired us and loved us. As we acknowledge the challenges women still face, we pray that all women may know equality of health care, of education, of wealth and of prospects. We pray that all women may know themselves to be respected, safe, included, and empowered. But we also know that for some people this is a difficult day, holding hurt and grief and perhaps anger. We pray that you'll draw alongside those who are hurting this day and surround them with your tender care. We pray for women and men who grieve because they're unable to have the children they long for, for fathers and mothers who grieve because, like Mary, they've had to see their children die too soon. For those who are cut off from their children by disappointment, anger or bitterness. 
for mothers who are worried or afraid for their children's well-being or safety. We ask you, Heavenly Parent, to bring healing and comfort, forgiveness and peace. Remember today all those who are denied their basic human rights, for those who risk their lives to protest against totalitarianism or dictatorship, for those discriminated against because of their race or colour or religion or gender. Let justice roll like a river and righteousness like a, a never-rolling stream. Be with all who are sick, those waiting for operations and those recovering from operations, for those who've lost loved ones, with the lonely, as in a moment of silence we bring those on our hearts before you. Lord, hear these and all our prayers in Jesus' name. Amen. And we close our service with a hymn 710. I have a dream, a man once said. So go in peace to love and to serve the Lord. And may the blessing of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you and remain with you this day and even forevermore. Amen.